Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast. I'm Brian Moran, and today we're going to be talking about leadership in a time of crisis. My guests for today's show are Kevin Gilroy and Carrie Maslin. They are the co-founders of Gilroy & Associates, a company that provides strategic consulting and actionable guidance to public and privately held companies, including business strategy, business development, and go-to-market strategies. And they each had several decades of leadership positions at some of the top tech companies in the world. With that, I'd like to welcome to the Small Business Edge podcast, Kevin and Carrie. Thanks, Brian. We're delighted to be here. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, well, it's a pleasure to, to have both of you here. And I've known both of you now for a number of years. And I thought, you know, given the kind of the state of the world that we're in right now, um, my listeners, who are mostly business owners of companies in the small to mid-sized business market, could probably use, you know, some sage advice on, on what kind of leadership strategies and tips and suggestions uh, you could give them. Um, you know, going forward? Well, we definitely have decades of experience and we've seen an awful lot of, I'm going to say challenges thrown at us. Some we knew about like the Mm -hmm. Y2K and others we were not able to anticipate or predict like 9-11. Right. So we've seen um, actually these crises bring out, um, the best in people, and it's also created um, stress for in a lot of cases. Oh, so no yeah, doubt. we think we have seen some best practices in terms of how you get through challenging situations. Well, it's it, funny that you mentioned it. Kevin, I want to ask you the first question. So as, as the three of us are talking today, the world is upside down. In the past 20 years, as, as Carrie alluded to, the world has seen you know wars, a great recession and, you know, to a certain extent, smaller pandemics. Should the world leaders have been more prepared for COVID-19? Yeah, it's an interesting question. One Carrie and I have been talking about for the last two, three weeks. I'm not sure if uh, I can be hypercritical of the government relative to virus itself, what I uh, being prepared for, but what I can be critical of them for, particularly the Small Business Administration, other regulatory agencies at, at state, local, and federal level, is really uh, helping American businesses be prepared for any type of unexpected crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you can see from the government today, trying to three weeks later, is still trying to put together. Uh, emergency loan packages and uh, things like that, it seems like that should be all in the draw, ready to go. Yeah. Uh, Just like Katrina, the government really wasn't very ready. Uh, There was a lot of confusion on what the state did versus what the federal government should do. In this crisis, uh, I don't think the government's done a really good job of having ready to roll out of the draw and help businesses. And also, I don't think the SBA, um, who generally I'm fond of, but, uh, you know, have they given small businesses in the United States the guidance on uh, managing crisis from a communication perspective 
very importantly, from a liquidity perspective, mm -hmm. I'm hearing from small businesses that we consult to, but also uh, from ones that just do services uh, for my family, that the ones who have, you know, 18 months of two years of liquidity uh, are feeling, you know, pretty confident that they can weather the storm. And I consulting and have services where they have two weeks of liquidity and yeah. panic mode. Well, it's, it's like the financial planners always tell you, you know, when you first uh, meet with them, they say, okay, well, you need to have three to six months of living expenses just in case. And as I said to our listeners on a previous podcast, welcome to just in case. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, this is, this is exactly what, uh, and, and to your point, um, the overwhelming majority of businesses simply do not have the reserves to weather um, a two to three month storm with no revenue. I mean, they just, they're not restaurants and retail stores and uh, they're just simply not funded or don't have access to capital. Um, right. the, the other point you made about the SBA, a woman named uh, Jovita Carranza is the current SBA administrator. And I think she is doing a fantastic job, but she is brand new. I mean, they're barely taking the wrapping, you know, off of her. Uh, she was just appointed SBA administrator. So I think, you know, historically, it's kind of been a um, somewhat of a rotating position. And um, it's it's more about, you know, how the system works rather than the leader um, in terms of being able to assist small business owners uh, in a time of crisis. One thing she just announced was a deferment of all previous disaster loans to small business owners through the end of the year. You, you don't even have to sign up for it. It's, it's going to be an automatic. And I love to see things like that because um, that's proactive thinking. And, and I'm hoping that came from her or somebody you know, that, that she brought in because that's exactly what small business owners need now. Carrie, what are your thoughts? I mean, let, let's take a look back and, and I'm going to give you one of the easier questions because I say, you know, at the beginning of the outbreak, if we look back, it's kind of like being the, you know, Monday morning armchair quarterback talking about football on Sunday. But what steps could our government have taken to help prevent the spread of, of COVID-19. So we're talking about really only about a month ago. What, what, as, as leaders, what, what should they have done? So I think there's a couple of parts of that question. One is the, the virus itself and the other is the response to it. So specifically yes. regarding the virus, I think what we always have to do as leaders is look where, look outside of ourselves. So don't think that we're the only ones with the answer. So where are the other experts in the world, in any industry whatsoever? Again, how do we open up our point of view so we can learn from the collective whole? What's working in other similar situations that we can apply to ourselves? Mm -hmm. What should we doing more of? What should we be doing less of? What should we start? What should we stop? So to me, in order to, you know, how could we have prevented this spread? I think we could uh, look at, um, you know, not everything that South Korea or China or anybody else is doing is going to work everywhere, mm -hmm. but there are some deep learnings within every country and every expert who has got this experience with, with any pandemics. 
I think what we could have learned from the last and kind of to me what we could have or should be doing in terms of a response is exactly what, what you and Kevin were just talking about. So I think every business, every world leader, every individual should really be thinking of what risks are, you know, what are the potential risks to my business and how do I have some of these rapid response plans ready to go? So we don't know what the next um, challenge, crisis, storm, cyber attack, pandemic will be. But we do know because we've been around long enough that right. there will be some, you know, something that comes out of left field at us. So what proactive plans, rapid response plans can we have ready to go? Specifically, as an example for small businesses or for our own businesses. So to me, I, I think just to be on, um, you know, ready to go sooner versus grappling this with this for a couple of weeks until we get our responses, uh, we've got to get faster out of the gate. And, and that's something that, so you, you just gave us the first takeaway from this podcast, and that is lessons to be learned from COVID-19. And the first one is, uh, play the what if game. You know, so when this when when this passes, and it will, but when it passes, um, sit down with your team and play the what if game. What if another global pandemic hits in the next year, next two years? What do we need to do in order to be ready? And and that's the best time to be to create to that's the best time to be creating those plans because it's still very fresh in your mind. So what if this would happen? What if that would happen? Where were, you know, where were there cracks in our foundation? So, so I do, I love all of that. Um, the other thing I tell our listeners is especially now you won't see your business won't see September if you don't start focusing on April. So Kevin, let me ask you this. What can leaders do today, whether it's helping their team, employees, members, congregants, et cetera, get through the next 30 to 60 days? What, what should business owners be telling their employees? Yeah, I, you know, again, my, my experience here comes from, you know, 9-11, and Carrie alluded to it earlier that we saw some fabulous leadership and we saw some um, less than ideal leadership on the, I'll focus on the fabulous side of 9-11 is my boss. Uh, I was working at Hewlett Packard at the time. Within minutes of, I was at the, uh, the Marriott San Diego concierge level when the second plane hit the tower. Within minutes, I got a phone call from the SVP who I reported to, who wanted to know if my family was secured. Then he immediately, um, told me about the war room he was setting up, the command center that he was setting up. He wanted to know where all 1,200 of my employees, that they were safe and sound within two hours, and in two hours, call back in and he'll give me further direction. From, I won't go through all the details of what he put in place, but he put a command center with hotlines and, and a whole hierarchical of things that had to be done around employees, their families, our customers, our systems, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, fabulous leadership. And But the one point I would bring out to your listeners is the one thing that he did extremely effectively was build a, an immediate communication model. Mm 
And his communication model was very fact-based. There wasn't any spin. There wasn't any, um, you know, selling in it. It was very fact-based what we were up against. But there was a calmness to it that gave everybody a sense of we're going to be okay. He's given, he's telling us the truth and he's laying out a plan and his leaders are getting behind it and we'll work our way out of this. So that was an, you know, that was a learning for me. And I think it's apropos to what's going on with the coronavirus is we're seeing businesses that are really proactively reaching out to their employees one-on-one, one-to-many, many-to-many. And those companies that are doing that, uh, their employees are grateful, their suppliers are grateful, their customers are grateful. Um, and again, it's, it's a positive experience that I, I think all of those constituents won't forget, and it's effective. Did your boss at HP, did he have any kind of background training, like military training, or where, where did that leadership in a crisis situation come from? Is it in his DNA or is it something that he learned? Yeah, I just wrote a blog about it and it's, I believe it was in his DNA. Now he was Swiss and in, in Swiss they do have mandatory military. So he was a, uh, a lieutenant in the Swiss army. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he got it there, but I suspect he got most of it from just DNA. Uh, Carrie knows him well uh, also. And he's a very decisive guy with great balance between empathy and action. So he doesn't, oh, he just has solid balance, sound judgment, and it just comes, it just came to him so naturally. I was a first level VP at the time, 20 years ago, and that learning experience was just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and so now it brings me to the next question, and Carrie, I'm going to ask this to you, is what, so our listeners are, are hearing what you're saying. And I know some of them are saying, damn it, I wish I thought of that three weeks ago, a month ago. And, and kind of, I didn't have that, you know, plan in place, that action plan that, that Kevin spoke about. Um, what, what can they do now? So the horses left the barn, you know, it's a pandemic uh, that is spread, you know, throughout our country, throughout the world, business has been interrupted. But it's interesting. In the middle of all of this, I spoke to somebody and he said to me, you know what this is? This is like a 90-day reset for your business. And I thought that was fascinating. And I thought, so he said, you know, because the world is kind of shut down now. So the things that you wanted to get done internally at your company, um, any changes you want to in, it wanted to implement, things you wanted to build, things you wanted to do, now is the time. Because you always said in the past, oh, I don't have time for that. Business is moving too quickly. So, Carrie, this is a two-part question for you. One, um, what, what, for business owners who didn't have a plan in place, what can they do now to try and instill confidence in their employees that they know what they're doing and that they'll survive the coronavirus? And secondly, um, what kind of internal infrastructure plans would you recommend for business owners? Like, you know, putting things in place so that when we do come out of this, their business is bigger and better and more ready to meet the challenges of the future. Okay, that's a, uh, <laughs> a, <laughs> a lot. Handful. That's exactly. So, um, what can somebody do now? I don't think it's too late 
to start to practice your communication skills and your empathy skills. Good. I think you have to acknowledge that your team, uh, you know, however large or small that is, need as human beings time to process this event. Mm-hmm. So talk about it. Give them the opportunity to talk about it. Um, priority one is let people really express their their concerns and their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was a really interesting email yeah. that went um, out from the, the leader at Basecamp, who is a remote work company, and um, it's circulated on Twitter, and he's talking very in really human terms about take time for your family, put your family first, even if that means as you're working remotely that you're only going to be able to work a few hours a day. So it's acknowledging your team as humans and giving them the space to really um, process this huge change that's just been thrown at them. Because if you don't meet these psychological needs that we all have as humans, um, you'll never get to that next step, which is to focus on the business at hand. So to me, that's kind of leads to your second question, which is, you know, what plans could you put into place now to, to make sure you're preparing for that inevitable upturn, which we know will come. We just don't know how soon or how long that will take. And I think that's, again, to really look at your, it's, it's like you just said, it's kind of a time for a reset. It's probably time to go back to business basics. So what Kevin said earlier, let's look at our liquidity situation. Let's look at our business planning. What are all of our risks? Who are all of our dependencies? And probably really important, you know, do our strategies stand the test of time? Do we have the right strategies? Do we have the right talent? So it's really, to me, going back to the foundations of everything that matters in the business plan and then wrapping all of that up with a, a you know, a solid communication plan so your team knows, um, everybody knows what your purpose is what your strategy is. If you asked anybody on your team, you would get a consistent answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I think, I, I know I keep saying and, 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 but yeah. I think the biggest thing also <clears throat> is to include your team in these conversations because that way you're going to get more buy-in and you're going to get better ideas. Your, your team is most likely closer to the customer, closer to the partners, closer to the street. There's a ton of, really good ideas. Again, if you are open to asking and hearing, you know, employees really want to be a part of the solution. And, and there's just such a diversity of really, um, you know, valuable ideas out there that, again, you're going to have to ask, Mm -hmm. but I think you've got it there to now formulate your plan to look like you're going to look in this new normal. Right. Right. So what I'm hearing you just jump in, Brian, you know, now's a beautiful time where you're not rushed and you're not like talking to your employees in, in two minute sound bites because you got four other people that you got to talk to within the next 10 minutes to say when the inevitable upturn happens, whether that's in two weeks, a month or three months, it is inevitable. What should we do differently? Right. What can we, how do we adjust the business uh, to really knock it out of the park when this inevitable upturn happens? And, not only will you get great ideas from your employees, but boy, you'll lock in your employees' loyalty in a very big way because you're, you're listening to them, again, not in a rush, <laughs> gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. And, and I'm doing that with my children now during this time. I'm spending you know, long periods of time 
uh, with them, talking to them about all sorts of family history and dynamics because I have the time to do it. So I think there's a great time for small businesses right now to be talking to their employees, to their suppliers, <clears throat> customers, when the inevitable upturn happens, and it is inevitable, right. what's the adjustments they're going to make? Not just crisis adjustments, but general adjustments in their business. Well, and Kevin, just, just, I was just going to add yeah. one more thing to that. So it is time to do the, the what if, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how will our world change? How will our customers be changing? How is this impacting our mm-hmm. partners? So to me, it, it's, it's going to require flexibility. It might require a pivot, but, but you do have, you know, there are some silver linings here. One of the silver linings in this forced timeout is to really do that, um, that ideation of how might our world change here and how do we need to regroup right now to take advantage of, of, of that when the time is right. So what I hear you both saying is, you know, most business owners spend the majority of their time in the weeds of their business, right? It's all about execution, seeing what's three to five feet in front of you and dealing with it. And in many cases, that's in a reactive manner. Oh, this customer's unhappy. Let's deal. Let's put this fire out. Oh, th- we missed this order. Let's let's deal with this right now. And it's whatever. So it's whatever obstacles are right in front of them. In today, the opportunity is to kind of pull your business up to the clouds, so that give you, give yourself that twenty thousand foot view. You know where was our business before the coronavirus hit. Now, where were we? What were we talking about in December of 2019? Where did we want our business to be at the end of next year? Look at today's situation, and that is the world is upside down. All plans have been thrown out the window, more or less, and it's time to look at our current situation. And, and for a lot of businesses, it's going to be, how do I survive the next 30 to 60 days without digging in? Uh, in a hole that I just simply can't get out of. Um, But once you have that plan in place and say, okay, I'm confident that we're going to be able to survive this. Now it's, as, as both of you alluded to, what does the future look like? Where can we, where can we now be at the end of 2020, you know, in terms of revenue, in terms of market share, in terms of new customers, new products, new services, new locations, uh, and I love that. I love that thinking, that forward thinking of, you know, that there could actually be an opportunity for our business. And, and so correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I hear you saying that, you know, the Chinese have a symbol and, and I think it's for crisis and it, danger and opportunity are, you know, are in the same symbol. So for a lot of people, they're going to be you know, battening down the hatches, riding out the storm, and then seeing where they wind up in two, three, four months. But for some business owners who are smart, who are savvy, they can, they can take advantage of the lower barriers to entry and the lower barriers in their marketplace. And with a, with a really good, well-thought-out plan, they could, they could actually be in a much better place come the end of the summer. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I guess I would also say that we're also seeing that you have to do both. (laughs) So like you said earlier, you've got to take steps today, take action today. So you're for sure that you're here, but then, you know, while you're at the same time, how do you plan for that? What your future 
look like. Um, just to give you a quick example, we've got clients calling us and they're telling us that they're ca calling all of their suppliers to say, what can they renegotiate? Or what mm -hmm. can, what expenses can they postpone? Uh, where can they shave off, you know, something here or there? So I think it's a both. I think it's a, you know, make sure that you're doing everything you can to take practical, actionable steps today right. to, um, to make sure that you're here for the long term sure. while you're planning what that, what your, what your new future might look like. Kevin, what, what about you? What, uh, what are yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, I think there is an opportunity now. We're doing it, in, Karen and I are doing it in our own business. We're challenging the status quo. We're basically saying now's the time that we have some quality time to think through uh, what adjustments we want to make and not in the, as word you, you use, you know, transactional and, and reactionary moves, but, you know, challenge the status quo. What if we did this? What if we did that? We're also looking at, you know, crisis contingency. You know, one of the things Carrie and I just talked about this morning on a, a deep conversation we had is, you know, what's the next crisis? Could it be another virus? Yes. It also could be a major cyber attack mm -hmm. where, you know, Carrie and I live 200 miles or 150 miles apart. Uh, we rely on our telephones and our computers and our texting to run our business. Um, what would we do if it was all shut down? Right. A prepared time. So, you know, we're challenging the status quo. We're encouraging our clients to challenge the status quo. Uh, and now's a perfect time to do it um, in a very positive way. You know, make some lemonade out of the lemons. So for business owners and, and our listeners, um, who, who are some of the people that should be part of those conversations? Like, um, you, you know, it almost sounds like we're talking about putting together an advisory board, not, not necessarily a board of directors, but, but having some sort of network with people who have certain skill sets, areas of expertise to review, a, a, to do a 360, you know, degree review of your business. Yeah, it's client. I think it's clients. I think it's um, certainly employees. I think it's some really smart people like yourself. I think, you know, you have a diverse group. Uh, made up of a really balanced from a gender perspective, from a diversity perspective and business, et cetera. And, you know, you start having these kind of profound conversations about adjusting the business, taking, uh, well, taking advantage sounds too strong, but optimizing some of the changes that will happen uh, once the inevitable upturn happens. I think a lot of uh, small businesses are going to do extremely well when they realize that I think the government will say we've outsourced too many products, products to products to be products to be manufactured, and they're going to want them by law, legislatively. I think they're going to require so much business uh, for critical things like making masks, for example. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not be done inside the United States because you never know what's going to happen. You never know a major supplier becomes an enemy and you end up in war with them. So I think the I think there's all sorts of things here. You know, one thing for your listeners that you know what we did in our business, we knew we know which one of our clients or emerging small businesses with um, you know challenge cash flow because we're in the middle of their businesses as consultants, and we've proactively gone to them and reduced our fees on our retainers. We've offered to delay 
our retainer payments out into the future, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And we've mm-hmm. also encouraged some of our clients to, and some of our friends, not just clients, to you know, go to their landlord if they have a facility that they're renting and, and ask for you know, a, a cash flow break during this time of crisis. Yeah. So there's, yeah. there's all sorts of things that, uh, that we're doing and, um, and I think they're powerful. These are all fantastic suggestions too. So everybody who is, uh, who is listening, I hope you're writing them down. Uh, you know, now in, in today's times, what we learn is, you know, obviously you don't ask, you don't get, and to be proactive about, um, your business rather than be reactive. We're actually in the home stretch now of our podcast for today. So again, I always say that when I've got one or two guests on my show who provide such valuable information to our listeners, the time always flies. <laughs> it feels like we started this five, five minutes ago, but um, I, I love the thinking of, uh, you know, taking, you know, the hold of the future in stages, you know, stage one is the foundation secure. Are you going to survive, you know, the rest of the coronavirus with your business? And then stage two, um, looking at the future and saying, where are the opportunities? What, what do we need to do now so that in three months we can hit the ground running when the gates open and, and it's, you know, business as usual. Uh, I, I love all of the things. In fact, I'm going to list them in the resource section of this podcast so that our listeners have them. Um, but what are what are some final thoughts uh, from you, Carrie, and then Kevin, about um, things that business owners can do? Um, really, I, I want I want to focus on like the next 30, 60, 90 days. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on? that our listeners should be looking at? Maybe I'll start, Kevin. The, the one thought to me is that you really need to build this collective intelligence. I don't, I don't know the better way to put this, but build this team. Brian, you called it an advisory board a minute ago, mm-hmm. but you've, each of us works within a system. And so there are dependencies that we have, supply chain, partners, marketing, finance, legal. So you've got these dependent groups right now that, again, everybody's got expertise that they can bring to the table. And the more you involve, not that it's a democracy, not that you have to get a thousand data points, but the more you involve your, um, the, the broader team, again, with your communication, uh, with your contingency planning, I think the stronger your plans will look. And, um, so again, I think the key right now, really practical, how do I get through the next 30, 60, 90 days? How can I get more, you know, become more liquid yeah. at the same time yeah. as planning how our world will change and what we need to do to be ready for that, that new world order? Yeah. And, and Kevin, before I let you go, I, uh, Carrie, I love that. And I think that, you know, having regular meetings with that collective intelligence. Um, it's funny, Tom Malone, who is a professor at MIT, was on a previous podcast, and he called that group uh, a supermind, that it's a, um, a group of people and computers working together to create something that's bigger than themselves. 
and um, I, and I and I love where that's going. So having people looking at all angles of your business, but then having regular meetings so that you stay on course because the course is so fluid. You know, from things will change from one day to the next. Just look at the stock market as a perfect example. It's up, it's down, it's up, it's down. You know, it's it, it's you have no idea. Um, if you're looking at it on your own, what's going to happen from one day to the next? Uh, Kevin, I'm going to give you the, the final um, takeaway for our listeners for today. Yeah, I have two points. Um, one is, you know, to the listeners, communicate, communicate, communicate yes. to your employee base, to your supplier base, to your customer base, alliances, and your, and your advisory board or your super brain. Um, and then, you know, for your employee base, um, try to see if you can understand which one of those, those people or how many of those are really anxiety ridden over this coronavirus, either from a health perspective or an economic collapse perspective, yeah. uh, wrap your arms around those people, give them a lot of time. Uh, one, it's good for business, but most importantly, it's just the right thing to do. That's a Second, great point. Secondly, um, you know, as a coming from a financial background, you know, I do think it's about conserving cash until the inevitable upturn happens. So I would take a look at all unnecessary expenses. I would look to renegotiate, you know, terms, as I mentioned earlier, earlier with landlords, with any suppliers, with bank loans, anything that can preserve cash. Because I think when this upturn happens, and I, I think it will happen in the summer, in my personal opinion, you know, the old adage, whoever has cash is king. Oh, yeah. And, um, so I, I think cash conservation is, uh, is, is really, really important, and you should look for creative ways to do it. That's the best takeaway right there. And, and you're 100% right. Spend your money wisely. You know, conserve where you can, but invest where it makes sense for your business. Um, okay, we're at the witching hour. If my listeners wanted to get in touch with you to ask follow-up questions, maybe hire you as consultants for their business, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? We've got a website, which is gilroyassociates.com, and that's where we share our latest thought leadership. That's where we want to hear from people, and um, there's an easy way to, to contact us through that. Again, gilroyassociates.com. And Brian, we appreciate you giving us the opportunity to share that. Oh, thanks, Brian. Yeah. The pleasure is all mine. This was fantastic. It's great advice. Um, We've been talking with uh, Kevin Gilroy and Carrie Maslin. The title of this podcast has been leadership in a time of crisis Um, to my listeners out there. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of all of you and any questions, comments, concerns that you have, you know how to reach me, Brian at smallbusinessedge.com. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Moran, but we appreciate this and we'll bring you more podcasts like this one in the near future to help you navigate these uncharted waters. Thanks everyone for listening and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran, sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.